Welcome to the Finer Life Show. I'm your host, Greg Hush Williams. We're going to be talking to the 36th International President of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated and U.S. Army veteran Chris Ray on the pitfalls of leadership. Now comes the question that I really love asking guests because this is this is where you can either say, I don't think I should have told that story to Brother Hush. Or you can be like, you know what? This story is going to help us all out today. This is going to help us out somebody. Um, what has been, I guess, your, your uh, three uh, pitfalls? Like for me, my pitfalls, I know, uh, and I don't like to say weaknesses. I like to say pitfalls because I believe that you can always recover from pitfall. Um, you know, I, I tend to be abrasive. I tend to be a little cocky. All right. And I tend to be stubborn. And as a leader, I feel those are just qualities that I got to, you know, nip in the bud or find a way to just temper them, you know. So what have been some of the pitfalls for yourself as a leader that you've self-identified with and that you had to do some either internal soul searching or you felt you had to address because this was not the type of leader you wanted to be? Mm, that's a that's a great see question. that's why i like asking that question that face that's a great question. <laughs> you know that's a great question because you know i'm such a phenomenal leader uh <laughs> <laughs> um but you know i know that all of us you know there are definitely things that we all can absolutely work on um you know and i mean to get to this level of leadership uh, it has taken some self-work. Let me let me let me be very clear. You know, I'm the I'm the international president of an organization. I've been a I've been a, a, a officer in the military. I've been the mayor of a city. So it absolutely takes some self-work um, to be in a space where um, I have gotten better as the positions that I've had in my life. Because um, I will tell you, in the beginning, I did not care um what you thought um uh and i and i would and that was an issue that i had um i had a i had a i had a, a vision of where we needed to go and um and and we were going to get there at all costs and at all costs means that i wasn't going to listen to you so i was not a good listener uh in the very beginning uh uh, uh so because when i think about my leadership style now I realized the self-work that I needed to do in order to have the success, the success that I have now. Uh, but in the beginning, I was not, I was not a good listener. Um, in the beginning, uh, I was um, very cocky um, because I, you know, uh, I understood the talents. I had these amazing talents, and um, and I didn't know how to translate my talents into service. I translated my talents into how does I, how do I allow my talents to make me look good? And so that was that was one of my that was one of my initial downfalls. Uh, is how did I I use my talents to make myself look good? Um, I wasn't listening to the individuals and hearing their point of views on how we can maybe do um, other uh, certain things uh, better. And and in the beginning. Uh, I will tell you that I was an absolute workaholic. Um, I would forsake things that were important to me because I was so engrossed in uh, the objective, the objective, whether it was to 
get to a certain position or whether it was to execute a certain plan that we talked about. And I would, you know, uh, my grades may have suffered. Uh, my um, uh, uh, family may have been impacted. Uh, it didn't matter because it was about the objective. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've become a better leader. Um, I understood how important it was to listen. Um, and I probably believe now that that's probably one of my greatest qualities is that I do take time to listen to leaders and other leaders in the room because they absolutely have a different perspective. And I have to respect that perspective. And, and, hell, and hell, their perspective sometimes is better than what I was thinking, which I'm just like, but because I am now humbled to understand that as a leader, that you, you serving others is humility. Uh, and so now being able to recognize that someone have a better idea than me, I'm absolutely not offended. Uh, it is being able to say, we're going to absolutely take that idea because that is absolutely better than what I was just thinking. Um, so getting to hearing, listening to individuals have now become a big part of where um, the success that I know that I've had. Um, I understand a lot now about self-care, uh, not allowing the work to consume me in such a way that I am no longer taking time for myself and my health. Uh, and then I recognize now that um, uh, because God has given us all gifts, uh, my gifts don't make me better than anybody else. So there's no reason to be cocky about your gifts. It is because somebody else has some gifts that you don't have that makes them even more extraordinary. And so it took self-work to understand that. And I believe because of that self-work, uh, I see human beings so much different now that as a leader, I have to hear you. As a leader, I have to respect the fact of um, that what you bring to the table based on the gifts that God has given you is even more extraordinary than the gifts that he's given me and that together we work as a whole. And then thirdly, we all have an obligation to do this amazing work, but we have to make sure that we take care of ourselves. And so as a leader, I always make sure I ask my team, are you okay? Are you taking time for yourself? Are you taking time with your family? You know, uh, and because of that self-work, it has made me an absolutely a better leader. So I know you've had some life-changing moments in the military um, during your military career where you had an aha moment and you felt like, wow, this is life-changing. Uh, I always like to ask service members, you know, whether you serve in the Marine Corps, the Navy, Coast Guard, uh, Space Force is just coming out. So I have to interview some more spaces. Um, I, I mean, sorry, guardians. Um, Got to give the guardians their props. Uh, and <laughs> soldiers and sailors. Um, what was your life-changing moment in your military career? Man, I know exactly when it happened too. That's, again, that's a great question. Um, it was in Louisiana at Fort Polk. Um, we were at an exercise in the box. I had a real stressful day as a signal officer. It was like nothing was going right that day. We could not get the signal together. My, my colonel was just livid. We just, it was a difficult, difficult day. Um, so much so that I just ran off into the box and just, I was a, I was a signal officer. I was an S6 
in a tanker battalion. And I remember that night I just stayed out in the field with the tankers. I remember sleeping on a tank that night, uh, looking up at the stars because I couldn't figure out what the issue was. And it was probably the lowest moment in my military career because for the first time, I couldn't figure something out. And what I have been known for throughout my entire life is figuring things out. And I remember laying on that tank, looking up at the stars that night, they could not find me. Accountability went to hell in a handbasket that night. Um, but my aha moment was when I laid there and I recognized that I don't have all the answers. And I really, when I go back to the last statement, I was talking about humbling yourself and identifying individuals within your circle that may have been a little bit more um, knowledgeable around an issue. And I went to an E4. Here I am, I'm a second lieutenant. I went to an E4 who was able to help me work through this issue. And we were able to figure it out so that we can talk uh, at, the, at the exercise. That was my aha moment when I realized that no matter how great you may think you are in your mind, you are not alone and you need an absolute team around you to make you successful. It ain't about you, it is about the team. Uh, all things pass away, but the work of the team is what lives forever. And I learned that that night and and the next morning got up um because i thought through what the what the e4 had told me that's what was making me look up at the stars and when we executed it the next day our exercise went off without a hitch and i learned a huge lesson that night and it was the beginning of me understanding how it is not about me my talents my capacity, that it is about individuals working together for the whole, for the betterment of all. And so, and that was me in my mid twenties. I'm in my mid forties now, and it has served me well to why I believe now I'm the international president of this amazing organization. You know, you got to give the pregnant pause when the guest says something that, that you just like, you're like, whoa. Okay, you 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 gonna try to take me to Tyler Perry Church? Okay, I see how you doing, Chris. Okay, I got you. I, I, um, <laughs> now I guess this is the part where you have to you gotta leave something for the future generation. Um, what is an issue now that it hits you in the it hits you in the heart for veterans? You know, um, whether it be uh, homelessness, unemployment, you know, what do you see in the veteran community that needs to be addressed and why does it jump out at you? Yeah. So 
I don't think that we will ever understand the extent of the toll that war for so long over those last 20 years have had on us. Those of us who have been in um, those boxes. I think that the our country is doing the best that they can to address the suicide rate of veterans who are coming back, addressing homelessness and all the challenges around PTSD that we suffer with. I think that some of us have PTSD and we still try to tell ourselves that we don't. Um, and it doesn't manifest itself maybe as bad as some individuals um, that, that end up demonstrating it a lot more. But I will tell you that all of us, every single one of us who got on a plane, flew into harm's way, and thought about every single night that this could be our last night, whether it be a rocket that could take us all out, everybody thought about that. No matter how brave we were, we were still afraid. And some of us, we brought that back with us. And there's a lot of us still living with PTSD um, that will never really seek the help that we know that we need. Um, that will never be honest about the fact that we need that help. And it manifests itself every once in a while by popping up in our lives, whether it's, whether it's an argument, or a, or a way that we act out in such a way that we can't explain. And then we go back to being normal, whatever normal is for, whether it's a week, a month, a few years. And then there's these moments where we end up just acting out and we don't know why. It's PTSD from the trauma that we've experienced, you know, going to war. And um, it's real and I, I just hope and pray that at some stage of the game that all of us get help. I do hope so. And I say that including myself. Hey, I second that with you. Uh, it's not cool having an RPG flying over your chew and then and then your butt cheeks squinch and be like, oh Jesus. That yeah. was me. And then they and and then they did come to find out they blew up the Burger King. You know how hard it was to get the Burger King out in Kandahar in 2012? It, did you have a Burger King in the desert when you went, Chris? You had a Burger King. Absolutely not. So you did not how, have a Burger King. So you would, uh, if you had the Burger King for only three weeks and boom, yeah. as a matter of fact, oh, I'm, I'm fibbing. It wasn't the Burger King, it was the Pizza Hut. I'm sorry, they blew up the Pizza Hut. And all I just remember was just going with my M4 and I was like, ain't this something? They done blew up the Pizza Hut. Who's going to get them? That's really, that's how the whole crowd felt. Um, but yes, PTSD, I feel, you know, it is like you said, you know, you have a lot of men and women that come back and self-realization is a hell of a thing. And yep. I feel that, yeah. Um, so that leads me to this question, you know, and this is, this is uh, how I want to end it off. How does it benefit a person to be a part of an organization, mm. to seek out that brotherhood or that sisterhood? Yeah. How do you find therapy 
by being a part of an organization? Oh man, that is an that is a great, great question. Let me tell you. When I think about my life in totality, I literally could not imagine my life without the engagement and the love of my brothers. Being a part of these organizations give you at different stages of your life. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me break that down and say, men do a horrible job of expressing how they feel, right? Um, but for whatever reason in the brotherhood, it creates a space for us to be able to talk about our significant other in a way that we're just like, you know, um, you're doing it in a roundabout way, but you're doing it in a way because you got to get it off your chest. It also, the brotherhood allows for us to identify men that sometimes, as the Bible says, is closer to you, a friend, a brother who becomes a friend, right? You know, a friend who's closer to you than your own blood brother, if you have a brother. These men see you through your health scares, your deaths in your family, celebrate your birthdays, celebrates the uh, uh, achievements of your children. It creates a community that allows you to not walk through this life by yourself. Uh, loneliness is real. A lot of people in this world experience loneliness. But if you embrace the tr true magnitude of being in a brotherhood like a Phi Beta Sigma, you'll never be alone. That's why I love this membership so much. That's why, because I know what it is doing for so many men, giving us spaces to not walk in this journey by ourselves. Because life can be tough. As a man of color, as a black man, you are in America. Let me first say that a black man in America, it can be tough sometimes. But it is something about being with other educated men. It's something about being with other fathers. It's something about being with other men who are accomplishing in their life. It's something about learning from the, your, you know, your senior brothers who have bought homes, uh, who have learned how to play in the stock market, who have shown you how to plan for retirement, who have been able to give you wisdom on, on areas and issues in your life that you would have never had the opportunity to have access to or know about, all because you're a part of this amazing brotherhood. That's why, that's why I love it so much because it, 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 it gives you a sense, it, it, it provides a peace in your life that you can't even put words to, even though you try every single day. And that's, and that's, that's why I love Phi Beta Sigma. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Uh, uh, see that that was my name that was my number you know my name is hush and everything but this is i like to call myself the leading ocho and having 20 of us on a line that's why i joined mu beta phi i'm right there with you chris you know having men number one we had a 24 year old and our oldest lb is 64 years old 
Mm. So to have that, you have brothers that served in the 70s, mm-hmm. in the 90s. I serve currently. I still serve, and a couple of other of the younger brothers are still. That's why I joined Mu Beta Phi, you know. And and I can see why a lot of you know good can come out of joining Greek organizations, you know. Um, definitely, you know, Phi Beta Sigma International. Y'all, y'all been around at, at 1911, right? That's a that's a 1914. Uh, 1914. 1914. Um. So this is this has been just really, it's been really, <laughs> it's been insightful. And I want you to share. I always like to ask this question. I want you to share with the audience your favorite motto. Mine is Bruce Lee. And I'm not going to go, you know, I, I'm not going to go. But every guest has to share their favorite motto because I believe once people share, you know, their favorite models, you kind of get a little in-depth, um, you know, mm-hmm. insight into their personality, into their mantra, karma, all that good stuff. What is your favorite model that you live by? There is no greater service than to be in the service of your fellow man. And that is by our founder, A. Langston Taylor. There's no better, there's no better place to be than in the service of your fellow man. Mm. Okay. Well, well, that, 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 that encompasses it. That encompasses everything. Um, Thank you for tuning into the Finer Life Show. Listen, if you want to find us on the web, please check us out at www.mbphikings2017.org. That is www.mbphikings2017.org.